Welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. We're coming to you live from our West Loop Studios in downtown Chicago. Hi, Tom. I'm, hi, Tom. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. That is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckermall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We are coming to you live after not one, not two, but three straight victories over the Kansas City Royals. White Sox win 5-2, and in baseball terms, that's a sweet perp. Damn straight. Feels good. Finally, the White Sox get off the schneid. This is their third opportunity, I believe, to try to get a sweep versus a team. Their first time, time they've actually got the job done. Didn't start off right. Initially, where I was like, ah, oh, here we go. Damn brother Rice is killing us again. But then, you know. You shit talked him. I should have bet him. I don't I know why did. I didn't. You, you, you shit talked him oh for no reason. This man. Where'd I, you go? Did you go to the, the uh, you know, Catholic League blue I school? I didn't. You went, I went to Wheat North. What it's dog a, do you have in this fight? DuPage Valley. You just love yes. Southside Zoe that much? I love him. Yeah. Mercy. And I love, yeah, St. Rita and Mount Carmel, all those Southside schools. Marist. It's one of my favorites. Um, but yes, the you know, White Sox persevered. They wouldn't like you. Huh? They wouldn't like oh, you. I'm, I, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't play in good sports either. Um, <laughs> but it's good the White Sox got a good dub today over these pesky-ass Royals. Royals had to scratch White Sox nemesis Brad Keller, which would have gone out there and thrown some trash out there for six innings and shutting us down. So I'm glad they went with Carlos uh, Hernandez, even though he was filthy out there. God damn. They got some arms. Well, Carlos Hernandez has always done that. Yeah. I mean, he's done that every single time against the White Sox. I'm not sure why they just didn't let him go five innings. I mean, maybe he doesn't have the length, but damn. Yeah. He's had the length before against the Sox. Yeah, turn that guy into a starter because he's got something. Maybe, you know, he's bad at the bullpen, but every time, yeah, like you said, every time I see the man, he's just blowing smoke by somebody, and the White Sox are looking silly. Fastball and a plus slider, what's not to love? Well, that's the thing is usually, you know, teams that actually have good hitters, they wait for him to throw a strike um, <laughs> instead of swinging at every damn pitch. Um, I mean, you could just go to the game on Saturday, too. I mean, it, it, we're talking about a sweep here, so we got to focus on all the positives because yeah. there hasn't been a ton of positives w- for this White Sox team. Uh, their first sw- uh, sweep last year in 2022 came in May 8th uh, when they played Boston. Their last sweep was of Detroit in August 14th. Uh, that was the series that Luis Robert got injured, and we saw how he played at the end of the season with his injured wrist. Wasn't hitting uh, 13 home runs no. <laughs> like he has already. Um, so, you know. Which is a career high, right? Yeah. Ties a career high, uh, and I think he's still leading the American League. So it's pretty good. He's you know, one of the best players in the American League. No yeah. big deal. And despite how many runs they scored on Friday, they're just playing better baseball. Like, the team as a whole is playing better baseball. And I told you and Vinny, we we all disagreed on which is the more pressing slash concerning position, the starters, the bullpen, or the hitters. I was looking more at the starters because they determine most of the things that happen with the White Sox. The last year's record of 81-81 was mostly because they pitched. Starters pitched last year, and they pitched pretty decently besides Lucas Giolito. This year, you saw the starters start off really bad as a collective, and then with Lucas Giolito being the outlier, now I think this is their sixth straight game 
as a quality start for the starters. It's exactly what you need. You give quality starts out there. You give your team a chance to win, and you give the hitters some confidence. Hey, we only need to get a certain amount of runs. I know we're not scoring a bunch of runs, but all we need is get four, get two on um, Friday because Michael Kopech was Michael Kopech on Friday. Get a couple on Saturday. You get dubs like that. And they know after a certain while, especially with the Cleveland team that doesn't hit a lot without Jose Ramirez and this Kansas City team today that didn't have Vinny Pasquantino, all you need is like three or four runs, and you can get the dub, and that's what we saw today. Yeah, absolutely. And two, we will have some bad news for the starting pitching. Uh, an injury we have to talk about with uh, you giving thumbs up to Baloney. Yeah, Baloney. Nice shirt. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I they Julie very nicely reached out and was like, "Oh, you were at the tailgate. Can we put your name on the back?" And then you seeing that shirt, I realized I forgot that shirt existed, and yeah. I forgot to buy it. So that's on me. I could be looking spiffy uh, like you too, and I think I probably messed up. I think it's still out there, but, you know, I should go over and, and check out the bumps. Um, all right. Anyways, uh, the White Sox, though, like with Lance Lynn today, he obviously gave up the homer for Mike Massey, but um, it, it's it was a fine start. Like, again, like we are looking for length out of these pitcher, pitchers, and we've gotten that consistently over the past six games. and That's why they won five of six. Um, I don't know if the White Sox are back uh but 929 looks all right and again like this al central isn't formidable um we'll talk about the injury and how that affects the rotation but i mean i don't really care who's pitching as long as they can give him length because luis roberts hitting bombs like every single day um he's got eight in the month of may already he's uh taken his ops from 668 to start this uh this uh month all the way up to a Round 900, so raised his OPS about 300 points. So, I mean, when you have a player like that, when he's stealing the bases like he did, uh, I think, what was that, last game? Yeah. uh, On Saturday, um, playing spectacular defense. I mean, this was the player we were always promised, and hopefully he can find that consistency, and hopefully he can find that health. Like, we've never seen Luis with length over a full entire season, and right now he's leading the American League in home runs. So if he plays 140-something games, we'd be extremely lucky. But watch out, League, because, I mean, he might put up ridiculous numbers, like 40 home runs. And I know we always joked about that, but he's got that potential. Yeah, and I hope he and Eloy understand that they don't need max power, max swings for the ball to travel a little, a lot of a distance off of their bats. Because today... It didn't look like he put a lot of effort into that swing. He just let that ball get deep, and he crushed that ball to right center and let it get deep and went into the patio area. I didn't think off the bat it was a home run, but that's how strong that man is. Luis Robert Jr., yeah, and Chicago sports fan, he might be up there if the White Sox continue this good play because he is undoubtedly their best player, undoubtedly their best hitter. And when he plays like this, like, this is what we need. Like, you're going to have the game on Saturday. You're going to have sometimes where he's striking out and he looks like the old Luis Robert. You just need to, like, have those very seldom. Those come in between a four-home run streak or come between a 10-game on-base streak type of thing. You know, in the past, you would have him injured or you would have him just look bad. Like, early in the year, you said he started this month with a 600 OPS. Piss poor. That's not what he's about. He's about this right now. This 900 is where we should expect him to be the whole year. And if he can just continue this play, which will be, I think, it's not asking too much. He'll bring, he'll bring the White Sox up, and we're getting reinforcements. 
man, we got some good problems to have. Clint Frazier, I know he didn't do a lot today. He got a single. But I think that guy can help the White Sox in the long run. If you got him, you got Aloy Jimenez, you got Jake Berger, you got Gavin Sheets. The outfield is pretty all right, except for our left fielder, who doesn't hit a lot of home runs, but his bat is playing because I think he has, like, what, an eight-game hitting streak now? Yeah, we could slow down, uh, slow down on Clint Frazier. Why do you hate, um, why do you hate redheads? Uh, it'd be great for Benintendi to, you know, start doing that consistently. It's great that he's got an eight-game hitting streak, and, you know, I, I do know that, Tom. Uh, great. He's got an eight-game hitting streak. Jordan Walker had, like, a 12-game hitting streak, like, tied Ted Williams' record, and then the Cardinals sent him down. All right, like, uh, hit streaks don't matter that much. He still has an OPS under 700, okay? He's coming. Um, Hopefully, he's coming. I mean, he's still got he's he's climbing, he's crawling, and he's crawling to that seven hundred OPS. The recent struggles of Tim, I've proposed that Tim get dropped down and Ben Attendi well, being the guy getting those uh, leadoff at bats. That's the thing is like when we are now looking at this lineup, and it's not the best problem because it's more about Tim's lack of performance. Um, but the starting shortstop for the twenty twenty two All Star team having to move down in our lineup. Like that's not I mean That's a good you know, thing to have. It's it seems like Jake Berger and Gavin Sheets and uh Romy just had a great day. I don't I don't want to say he's, Congratulations he's here. Romy. Yeah. Uh, but hey he he, he did he did it. Um <laughs> <laughs> good for him. But you know, ho- hopefully they are able to have some development with, with these hitters. Like, you know, that's what we were really hoping for with Mike Tozar and Chris Johnson and Pedro Grafal coming in that it would be kind of the same boost that Ethan Katz gave to the pitching staff in 2021. I don't know if this is exactly it, but there's been a, there's been a ton of homers in May. Um, you know, I, I know later on in the game, they were scoring their runs by singles and loading up the bases and, and kind of what the offense was last year. But, hey, Luis Robert wasn't hitting 13 homers last year. He's already surpassed his home run total from last year. So uh, it's an ugly record Yes, 19 and 29, but they're not dead in the water, and that's why we can still say it is early. Um, you know, if they have another month like this and another month like this and another month like this, it's possible they could be at the top of the American League Central because this is a horrible, horrible division. Yeah, currently they're, they're spending like $185 million. They should just be able to buy the damn division with their payroll. Currently they are seven games behind the Minnesota Twins, who right now are leading the Angels one to nothing in the third. So... Twins lose today. White Sox are six and a half games behind them, and I don't think they have to play them until a little later in the year, maybe July. But it's take a game a week. Take a game a week. I think the White Sox took two games this week as they started last week, I believe, at either nine or nine and a half games at the start after losing to Houston. So they're taking games, and they don't need to have a furious 10-game win streak because that other team is way in front of them if they're in the AL Central or I'm in the AL East or the AL West, we luckily play in this garbage division where there's not a good team. And we're going to be facing more garbage AL Central teams this week. But unfortunately, that man's back. Jose Ramirez is back for the Cleveland Guardians. So let's pitch around him. And just walk him. And then <laughs> go for every other bum on that team. And then we see, the for the first time this year, the Detroit Tigers. We've played every other team after this Guardian series twice in a series Besides the uh, Cleveland or the uh, Detroit Tigers, which we haven't seen the whole year, so let's get our forks, get our nice, get our Lugers, our A one, start eating. Yeah, well, and I see some people bringing up like what the pitching is going to be uh, coming up. Uh, I've seen some interesting things all the way from Garrett Crochet to uh, Jimmy Lambert. So uh, it'll be an interesting discussion with with, uh, <laughs> with Vinny, uh, especially with Davis Martin having to go under uh, Tommy John. But there is no pitching matchup for Monday, so we don't really know who's pitching for Cleveland or the Sox yet. I, so it's kind of like 
you know, they're, they're both in a similar spot here, so at least we could take the silver lining there. On my MLB app, they have Hunter Gaddis, Hunter oh, Gatherer on our uh, Cleveland Guardians starting pitcher in line. He has a five games this year, 19 and, and two-thirds, with a 686 ERA. Yeah, he's not good. I His mean, career's he, got a 10 ERA. He's very similar to what we, we saw in Jordan Lyles. Uh, maybe he throws a, a little bit faster. Uh, but if I, I mean, he's, he's last bat, time, he's batting fieldish. If I recall last time, he beat the White Sox, or that's he did. He did something well versus the White Sox. I'm like that's Hunter Gatherer. That's the he thing sucks. With, with the White Sox, though. Is I mean, even you could go to Saturday, and you know, thankfully they only allowed the Royals to score one run. But like, it's not like the offense is perfect. It's not like this offense is a world beater. They beat the fuck. They beat the Royals, yeah. right? Like, and and there was frustrating moments with my guy Andrew Vaughn going up against Jordan Lyles. I think he was zero for three, and it's like you just. Talked about how you saw him last time in KC in the same at-bat where he's throwing you the same fastball in the same spot, and that's how you're taking it out for a homer. And it really, at some point, he frustrates me because it feels like he's trying to show off how good his eye is. Like, the last at-bat that he had against Jordan Lyles, it's really just him trying to say, like, oh, that's a pitcher's pitch, and I'm not going to swing at that. But the ump doesn't give a shit. The ump's just going to call it a strike if it's close enough because that's what Jordan Lyles does. He's going to be close enough to the strike zone. And it's like, we know you have powers to, power to all fields, so if he's going to be pitching you to the outside instead of the inside and you took an inside home, you know, pitch for a homer, then mm-hmm. why don't you shoot it down the line for a double? Like, you, you are a top third overall pick. You should be able to, after seeing Jordan Lyles consistently, to be able to jump on him. And thankfully, they won the game. I don't want to be too picky, but, like, again... These are the White Sox. They went 81 and 81 last year. They just beat the Royals. Like, there are so many qualifiers with this, but there are some reasons to feel good. Uh, I was wrong about Hunter Gatherer. Um, He lost to the White Sox last year. He gave up five home runs in a start when we pitched four innings. Um, Yeah, they all got loose on him. Five separate home runs. Let's go. Do you want to just name him off? Um, it, it turned off when <laughs> oh, okay. I had a chance. But oh. I know Andrew Vaughn hit a home run off of him. All right. Well, hopefully he's and Gavin he Sheets, I believe. Get, get back into uh, good graces by going deep off hunter-gatherer. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what you expect the lineup to look like tomorrow. And we're going to have to talk to Vinny because Hans Alberto hurt his shoulder. That's the most White Sox injury I've ever yeah. seen in my life. Man's At least he wears the uniform Calling proudly. himself safe. Hurts his left shoulder? <laughs> he's a he didn't even do it like very, you know, like monstrous. He was like, just like this. And he's like, oh, man, my shoulder's gone now. How do you throw your shoulder out like that? Well, I don't know. It's the White Sox way, man. He moonlights as a pitcher. So, you know, we just know that pitchers are kind of, you know, weak. You know, like hmm. I could, I could, you know, they usually have to wear the jacket when they're running the bases. You know, Hans Alberto, I'm, I'm surprised he's not putting the jacket on. You know, uh, I'm not trying to call Hans Alberto weak. Um it's just, it's just weird. It's very weird. Just very white side. <laughs> what are you asking now about the lineup and what I expect tomorrow? Are you asking after the break? Uh, Joey, how how deep are we into the show? Fifteen minutes. Six, ah, six, Sixteen okay. minutes. All right, we, I'll, I'll name off all the homers that uh, the White Sox hit off Hunter Gatherer, uh, and then we'll take a break. And is that out. a real player? That's Hunter Gaddis. Hunter Gaddis. Okay. His name. Okay. Yeah. I figured that that was just a nickname you guys were yeah. using. Real quick, you did bring up Clint Frazier though. I'm. Bouncing all over the place. Uh, Joey, you you know Clint Frazier from his Cubs days. Yeah, his um, long-tenured Cubs days. Yeah. How'd it go? It went short, but sweet. It was sweet? Was he good? Well, sweet, I mean, it depends how you want to remember it. Well, hold on. When, when was it? Last year? It was last year. 
And when the Cubs were bad, oh, okay, very so, bad, and so he wasn't even good enough to make the the bad Cubs team. Um, the, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I, I, he wasn't really given a great shot. Okay. In terms of at least major league playing time, and then they just kind of DFA'd him when it seemed like they probably could have kept him around. I think he was dealing with some injury stuff early on in the season, but I'm not going to say he was like bad for the Cubs. He really he didn't play a lot, and then he was gone. Yeah, I mean he won't play a lot for the White Sox. First round pedigree. This is what they love. They do getting that that player that has a great first round pedigree. See if you can find magic in a bottle like they did with Carlos Quinton back in the day in 2008. If they do happen to find anything from Clint Frazier, if he is like Carlos Quinton, which is a huge ask, trade him immediately. <laughs> trade him immediately. <laughs> he has shown you what he is up to this point. He's 28. He's not going to turn into some great hitter. And if he is, good. Don't fucking hold that guy in your hand all day long. He's got the Gordon Beckham number. And if he has a good year, he'll be Carlos Quinton. Trade both of them. I was, man, I was hitting the button so hard in 2008. I was like, man, Gordon Beckham's good? Trade his ass for Adrian <laughs> Gonzalez immediately. And the same thing with Carlos Quinton. I was like, trade him. He's never been good. And he hits, what, 36 home runs here for the White Sox. There's no precedent for him being good. He's going to be bad on the other side. And he got hurt uh, hitting his hand on the bat. Just dumb. Wait, he, so with Clint Frazier, what, what do they announce him as when he comes to the plate now? Because Clint he, Frazier. He, Clint? He yeah. changed his name for a while. What? He went by Jackson Frazier, which is his middle name. I'm ser- completely serious. That was a total thing he did. He was like, I'm going to be called Jackson. It was like a rebrand of his own. When he was a Cub or when he was a Yankee? No, I think when he was coming off of his Yankees tenure. Like hmm. the Cubs minor league were like in, the PA announcer would be like, now nah, batting, Jackson Frazier. <laughs> it's weird. He's gone by Clint. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, on Wikipedia, on June 20... Uh, on June 22nd, 2022, Frazier told a broadcaster for the Iowa Cubs that he wanted to be called by his middle name, Jackson, moving forward. After using his middle name for a portion of the 2022 season, Frazier claimed that the decision was part of a, quote, joke that just went too far, end quote, and therefore continued to be known as Clint. So yeah, he was I just don't joking. Know. I don't know if that's a, that's a weird joke. I mean, you remember it. It's not like this is like the Mandela effect. This is real. He, he wanted to be called Jackson Frazier. It's weird. Hey, I mean, you always love to say Clint Jackson Frazier or, or you know. Yeah, I'll uh, say it. Hey, Jack Michael, a, uh, Jake Michael Berger. Yeah, if he hits a home run and he does well, I'll call him whatever the hell he wants me to call him. Up there earlier, I think it was uh, Schwo. You, oh, you saw that too? Yeah. Um, I mean, what? Can you, you scroll up? Yeah, yeah, there it is. You had it right there. It's it. on the bottom right, right now. Will Will the Sox be within three games of the fir- uh, first Come July 4th. If yes, Sean gets a domestic pig. That's too much. If no, Herb can't wear facial hair for a month. You don't want that. If you watch no. this Shout YouTube out Schwo, who I believe is one of Will Gottlieb's buddies. He's a big fantasy at Geo Bulls, I know. But hell yeah. Shout out Schwo. If you, Sean gets a domestic pig. Hell, I would love that. I don't know if Sean gets a domestic pig. <laughs> but getting a domestic pig. But I don't but really want to cut want my that. beard off because it'll be bad for TV slash YouTube. I think it'll look great. I've oh. never seen you without with clean shaven. I, I would love that. to see the the pet pig in Sean's this like can nice happen, though. This apartment. Is like more likely than not, see, your nice apartment with the, the white with the girlfriend and like your you know that green chair that you have. Like you know, I'd like to see the pig just sitting in the yeah, chair. That. That'd be nice. No, this I, could happen. Like the White Sox are currently seven games out. Yeah, I might. And making if a it pig didn't bet. happen, like, but if they did get there, a little teacup pig. 
Alex makes a good joke or makes a, a decent point. The podcast is audio only, so half of the audience will not see you. Mm. So I, I like the bet. Uh, the confidence would just be down. I'd be like, Ugh, I look like a child out here. You could draw one. I don't got my grays anymore. A little distinguished grays, a little salt and pepper in my yeah. beard. It looks that that does look nice. I'm be weird. That. Um, but yeah, I, I hey, mean, hey, we, if the White Sox don't do it swell for you, I'll do it for you. If they don't make it within <laughs> three games in July. What do you say, Shul, on the bottom um, there? No, the, we, the middle conference room, I feel like we should make that the pig pen. Maybe, maybe I, I'll, I'll, I just don't want the damn pig in my house. I, I mean, we'll put studio, it in the middle. Smell, pigs smell like ass. They're I terrible. Mean, Delicious to eat. It's, it's on the socks to be very, inte- very intelligent July animals. One of my favorite things to eat. What? Very intelligent animals. The very pig. intelligent animals. Do you know any pig trainers? Uh, no. Okay. Well, we got to make some connections. Went on uh, a nice field trip when we were in first grade to like a farm pig down there. Remember that? Remember that pretty well. Down south. Okay. We can go visit. Maybe call. Make, give them a call. Yeah. Yeah. Give them a call. Uh, Shlo said, uh, "Much better bet." Me not wearing a hat. The hat thing is mostly because you know, I got decent hair. It's because I sweat a lot. Yeah. You don't want to see that too. So I would ha- not wear a hat and cut my beard off. Damn, you guys, man, you as want to be out here. As a man in his forties, I'm surprised you're just not letting the hair fly. I mean, you you got hair. I, I mean, do. You should I be do. Proud of that. No, um, I sweat too much. Hey, um, all right. Uh, Schwo said though, Sean has been so Sox negative this season that he deserves the dom- domestic pig if the Sox continue to lose. Hey, man. You know what? Yeah, man. You know what? I get what you're saying, Schwo, but I mean, what, what? else? Are, what else are we gonna be? Positive about the 19 and 29 White Sox? I'm positive now because we won three games in a row, five of the last six. It's been, it feels good. I was talking to people today at the Sports Bums uh, podcast or uh, the Sports Bums uh, tailgate today. People were just like, you know what? This team sucks, but today is great because we have a chance to sweep these guys and have some actual good baseball in this homestand. And that's what we did. We had some good baseball. We're seeing the team that maybe we envision coming into the year, maybe a little later later than we expected. But as we discussed earlier, plenty of time to get the job done. I hope so. I hope so. Again, like, you know, there's there's so much reason to be excited. They swept somebody. Yay. But there's so many qualifiers. Like, you know, they, it was the Royals. Like, there's like them and the, the, the A's. You got to beat like somebody. Awful teams. You no, play, the Royals, and, play the Royals more than most well, teams. And they were 3-1 and one against them, or 1-3 and three against them the last time I saw them. So it's a nice Clark is wondering if we got a peg. If you guys got the peg, you would get Studio A more? Maybe. If it was part of the show, yeah. What if we named We'd even it up the numbers a. a little bit. We could name the pig Studio A. Anyways, we're, we're going to take a break, and then we're, we'll loop Vinny in on the pig talk. Um, <laughs> shout out to Melissa, who I see hanging out in the chat, um, Sox mom. Uh, she... Just got some great seats at Guaranteed Rate Field with game time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wasn't stressed out. She bought tickets to her favorite event and wasn't stressed out. She used game time, the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Uh, I'm going to the National tonight at the Auditorium, Auditorium Theater if you're looking Ooh, for something to Renaissance do. Renaissance, man. Yeah, wow. Yeah, oh, I've never been. Wow. I'm excited. Um, yeah, y'all should go in game time and get some Auditorium Theater. Say what's up to Sean. Boom. Today uh, and say what's up to the National, Dave Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> in their 2019 World Series ranks. Um, forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of event, the event, and you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets to football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And there's the Game Time Guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section 
and Roe for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Herb hit them up uh, when he went to Atlanta and got his 10, 110% of the difference in 12 minutes uh, or less. Um, so snag the tickets without the stress of the game time. Download the game time app and create an account with code, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply and create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Also want to let you know about our friends over at ComEd. Whoops. Uh, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now into the future. Yeah, Herb, you want, you want to? Or yeah. You, okay. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting out of Turn this volume of this uh, lighting up uh, and sending some lighting and other efficiency up upgrades to commercial, industrial, public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd offers also free facility assistance that can help find energy saving opportunities like HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment and industrial processes. Can you ask me how it works so I can read the, the bigger part so you can take a breath? How does it work, Sean? An authorized engineer will work with you. Wait, so I'm asking myself how it works, and then you answer it? Yes. Uh, I was supposed to be reader one. Engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs, and these can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers can receive a report detailing energy efficiency project they can start working on immediately. Immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and civil payback. If you own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. Did you say comed.com slash powering biz? I, I did, and I got to start telling you when these ad reads are coming up. It's so fine. I, I always had it ready. You know, you're, you're, you're always ready to go. I've uh, got one later on. I got my shader rays in my hat. And so is Vinny Duber. Uh, I don't know if we do have a shader rays one. Oh, forgot. Forgot about our you forgot good buddy. About Vinny? No, I didn't. I just, or are you just trying to pull oh, up there your, he is. your graphic? Um, yeah. Hi, Vinny. Oh, I forgot about that. You forgot about your graphic? We're being joined by our CHGO beat writer, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. Hi, Vinny. Hey, guys. How are you today? Oh, we're good, especially after a White Sox sweep. How was the White Sox clubhouse after our first sweep of 2023? There's our guy. <laughs> Would it surprise you to learn that it is happier than when they lose? Well, I, I know, but it's just it's good to hear that they're happy because I, I, you know, it's just been a tough season, uh, nineteen and twenty nine. But it, it seems like they're picking up steam. I don't know if that's the consensus around the the clubhouse after you know five out of their last six have been wins and getting their first sweep of twenty twenty three. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, they know that this is a season long thing at this point, right? I mean, you because you, you're right. You look up and you see the record; they're ten games under five hundred. That's not good, right? But I think that they know that. Yeah, they've been playing better of late, but they got a long way to go. But they're confident that they can get that, you know, make it that long way kind of thing. So, um, you know, uh, I heard you talking beforehand, you know, yeah, it's a sweep, their first sweep of the season, but it comes with all these qualifiers. I think everything at the moment with the White Sox, whether good or bad, comes with the qualifier, right? Yeah, they're playing well right now, but, you know, it's look what they did in April. Or you can say the bad stuff. You can point out a bad thing like, you know, maybe what, uh, you know, Mike Clevenger going on the IL today or, or or something like Aloy is still on the IL. Tim Anderson's not playing super well right now. But look, they're winning games. And look that they've got all these other things going well for them. Look how good the pitching has been of late. You know, so it's all a mixed bag right now. And I think at the end of the day, that's baseball. It's just that White's, the White Sox particularly and then by extension their fan base got hit in the mouth right there in April. And it's like, 
it was it was basically everybody saying, well, I guess that's that. Um, it, it's funny. I'm, I, I've got something going up later today, and I and I wrote about this a little bit last night. Obviously, we had uh, Jared Willis out here for CHGO. I, I was out in the burbs uh, doing a nice little, you know, summer summertime thing, hanging out in a in a backyard in a backyard party. And you know, I didn't know many of the people who were who were in attendance there. And so, of course, they're asking me what I do. And then everybody's reacting. Oh well, oh the White Sox—they're not very good right now, are they? What's wrong? What's going on? What are they going to do? Who are they trading at the trade deadline? Bop bop bop. And at the end of the day, I, I looked up and and we were leaving and and I'm talking to the host who's a big White Sox fan, and he's and he's kind of doing the same thing. Oh, it's over. It's whatever. What's the rest of the season going to be like? And I and I pull up the standings and I go, there's seven games out of first place. And again. I'm not going to tell you that the White Sox are going to win this division. I'm not going to tell you that it's going to be uh, the most exciting division race you've ever seen in your life. But, hey, here we are about to be at Memorial Day weekend, the start of summer. And two weeks ago, everybody would have thought that there would have been no reason to pay attention to this team this summer. And what have they done? through all the various circumstances, perhaps mostly playing in this American League Central Division, uh, they have all of a sudden given people a reason to pay attention this summer because you don't know what's going to happen. They're playing well right now, and it could very well result in a, a tight race for a long time, or maybe they, you know, they're 10 games under 500 right now. And it is that whole, you are what your records say you is kind of thing. So, um, We'll see how it goes here, but but I don't I don't think it's ready to uh, I don't think we're ready to bury this team quite yet, even though it very much looked like that at the end of April. Just because here here we go they've they've got a shot here they've got a realistic chance and I talked to Gavin Sheets today in the clubhouse I talked to Andrew Benintendi and these guys are like we still think this is a team that's capable of winning this division. Look, look around. Look what's going on right now. Uh, Gavin Sheets put it this way: you can't look at what the Rays are doing and try to compare it to you know. Can can the white can these White Sox who are ten games under five hundred compete for a pennant with the best team in baseball right now? At, at on May twenty first, you got to look at it. Is can they chase down the Twins? And I, I don't think there's a lot of people around. And again, this isn't necessarily a compliment to the White Sox, but I don't think there's a lot of people around saying, "Oh my God, no, it's impossible. They'll never catch the Twins." So you know, I, I think uh, I, I think there's it's summertime. Summertime's here and. Uh, what do we do during the summer? We watch, we, we follow, we follow these base, these two baseball teams here every day that we've got in this city. And uh, I think there's a reason for people to be uh, still paying attention to the White Sox as they have shown here over the last week. You got six consecutive uh, quality starts from the White Sox starting pitching. I think that's probably going to be challenged tomorrow with, you know, Mike Clevenger going on the IL, but started with Lance Lynn in it most definitely will end with Lance Lynn. What do you have to say after his outing, and what is different about Lance Lynn? What do you say that has been different in these starts other than the starts that he's gotten hit hard on? I think for the pitching staff as a whole, remember how many walks they had at the beginning of the season and how, how many guys they were putting on. I think they just kind of said at the end of the day, forget about it. Let's just attack that strike zone. And and that's what we've heard from, from Dylan Cease. It's what we've heard from some of these other guys. And I think it applies to Lance Lynn. I, I mean, I think he would probably still tell you that one walk is too many uh, just because that's the kind of guy that he is. But it's, it's, it's about going after these guys, going after the strike zone. And of course, when it's the Kansas City Royals and a Cleveland Guardians lineup without uh, Ramirez or Naylor, that's an easier thing to do, right? I mean, maybe going after the guy's just like last weekend, the Houston Astros makes a difference. But um, 
yeah, they're going after guys, and I think that's making the difference for the team as a whole, as well as Lancelin specifically right now. Uh, the last two starts have looked very, very good from him, and and it's a uh, it's a nice streak that this uh, starting rotation is on. We're going to see what happens with uh, with Mike Clevenger. Uh, it didn't seem to be terribly serious in terms of an injury, at least the way that Pedro Grafol talked about it after the game today. We just heard about it minutes before this game started. Um, so the only opportunity we got to talk to anybody about it was was Pedro after the game. And he basically said like, oh, yeah, it, it popped up in his last start. And we're going to use it as a, as a way to get him some rest. You know, as I mentioned when I was explaining to you guys why they made the flip earlier this week with Michael Kopech just get these guys some extra rest and keep them fresh. Well, the next 15 days, or I guess the next, what, 10-ish days, because it'll be backdated to, to Clevenger's last start, uh, will be, you know, that that period at which the White Sox can get some rest for Clevenger as well. So, um, you know, in addition to getting rid of this whole wrist situation that he's got going on. So uh, they don't know what they're going to do. At least that's what Pedro said in terms of who's going to start the game tomorrow in Cleveland. Um a, I asked if a bullpen day was a possibility because he said we were going the Sox were going to wait to see who threw today in terms of a bullpen pitcher to see kind of what their options were. So uh, he said he didn't know if a bullpen day was a possibility, but it, it, I suppose it could be. Uh, Jesse Schultons, who was the guy who was mentioned by both Pedro and Chris Getz this week uh, when referencing who would be the first guy up now that Davis Martin is, is out for the year. Jesse Schultons was that guy, and uh, he didn't pitch – this week he didn't make a, a, his scheduled start in, in AAA, so it's very possible that he um, would be the guy that was called on should they should they need another starting pitcher. But again, there's always the possibility uh, of of a bullpen type situation. We'll just have to wait and see what happens tomorrow. Shelton's uh, so far in 38 and a third innings in Charlotte, a 3.99 ERA, which is a difficult bar, ballpark to pitch in. So, um, and, and hey, uh, his WHIP is 1.12, which means he's not walking a ton of guys. Hey, uh, so that, that's going in line with uh, what the White Sox have been getting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily the, I guess, the largest blow if they need to cover one spot in the lineup it's just you know if, if anything else happens it, it just really seems like they're screwed because I mean with today you didn't see uh Reynaldo Lopez pitch you didn't see Jimmy Lambert pitch and those are guys that have had uh length before in their careers they've talked about the importance of Garrett Crochet and his uh as you said Swiss Army knife uh ability uh so it shouldn't be the toughest task for them to cover a start tomorrow no if that's all it is, you know what I mean? I think the idea is the, is the time period. Uh, that's when you really need to lean on that depth, uh, or, or I should say lean on your sixth starter or whatever number you might be on. That's what Davis Martin was able to do so effectively last year. Uh, he wasn't just a guy who you could say, man, we just need four innings. I mean, he was a guy who you could plug into the rotation if need be. Um, we'll see if the White Sox need to do that. You would imagine it would be two starts for Clevenger, I think, if I'm doing my math right, that they would need to cover – Maybe there's an off day. No, there's not an off day for a while. So, um, but it, you know, if it's any more than two starts, that's when you need those guys who are behind the rotation to start performing and performing well. We don't know what Jesse Schultons is going to do if he does come up, whether it's tomorrow or at some other time. Um, but if it's just you know a couple of bullpen days that they need to do here over the next ten days, 
that's that's a little bit easier of a pill to swallow as well. So uh, we'll just have to see which way they go. Obviously, you don't want to waste your bullpen. This bullpen has been very good of late. Let's not lose sight of that, too, despite how um, ugly their numbers were uh, as recently as just, what, a, a week ago or a couple of weeks ago. Um, they did tremendous work this weekend and really tremendous work all week. Joe Kelly has been phenomenal, my goodness. Uh, and uh, you're starting to get that collection of relief arms looking a little bit like it was supposed to look as well. So you don't want to upset that apple cart uh, if you don't have to uh, in, in making up for Clevenger here. Yeah, uh, It's retroactive to May 18th. So he should be able to start on June 2nd if everything, uh, you know, goes to plan. And I mean, there's a day off allowed. before there too. So they if right. need be, they can skip his start and then he can pitch later on there. Yeah. It does, I mean, was the idea of a rehab start brought up? Or is it just I think it's probably, minor probably too early? Probably okay. too early to tell on that, I would imagine. All right. And today we didn't see Tim Anderson start the game, but we saw him inserted into the game later when El, uh, Hanser Alberto got hurt in that weird ass play. Two questions: How's Hanser doing? And then secondly, was this just off day for Timmy? Get him off his feet, or was it he has some more injury concerns? Uh, so Hanser. Uh, created the pain in his shoulder by doing this at first base by making the I'm safe sign at first base. So that is a um, bit of an embarrassing injury right there. But Pedro seemed confident uh, when it comes to the outlook for Alberto. It doesn't seem like it's something that's going to be too terrible. Uh, He was uh, announced as day to day when they announced that he left with the shoulder pain. So um, we'll see what happens with him going forward. Obviously, uh, you know, good to see Romy Gonzalez get, get three hits today. And, and the White Sox might be a little bit more confident using him at second base if need be. Um, but Hanser Alberto might not be out that long. So we'll see uh, how that goes when it comes to TA. Uh, TA didn't, play today because of like you said getting him off his feet it was a uh the physical need to recover kind of thing was the explanation that pedro gave us i think a lot of people have seen the way ta has played lately the way he the results that he's been getting lately and said take you know give him a day off to 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 get his head right kind of thing or or, you know because uh he's not playing very well right now that was made adamantly clear by Pedro that that was not the case, that the, you know, this, their, their MO is not to sit guys down when even for just a day, when they're not doing well, when they're, when they're, when they're struggling. Um, This was clearly about the physical right there. And obviously this is not the, what you want to have happen when you sit a guy down so his body can recover to make him go out there and play the back half of a game. Uh, It's, 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 I don't know. I don't think there are injury concerns with Tim Anderson, but I guess the what the way you can describe it is that he's not all the way back to being his normal self, if that makes sense. So, you know, he's healthy enough to play, obviously, and I w- wouldn't even use the phrasing that he's not 100% or something like that. But all the stuff that Tim Anderson usually does, still stemming from that knee injury, perhaps, he is not yet able to do the way he wants to do it. And the idea, of course, is that he will be able to do that soon. But here they are playing. Uh, Pedro made a point after the game was over, speaking generally, not about Tim Anderson, but that there are position players on this team who, man, they've played an awful lot of uh, games here so far. They're grinding. There are some few guys out there who are not playing at 100%. And it's kind of what I try to remind you guys and, and everybody else about all the time is that this is not necessarily a game where the stamina bar is going to be all the way full with, with everybody on a daily basis. So um, Pedro wanted to give a shout out to those guys. Uh, we will see uh, if how Tim Anderson is treated moving forward, if he does get some of those rest days. Um, 
you know, to, to get his body back uh, as, as they move forward here. We saw kind of what you're talking about where Tim laced that ball into the left center field gap. The center fielder got to it a little bit late. Regular Tim easily cruising into second. This Tim, who's, uh, hand, you know, just knees probably not firing in the way he needs to, had to pull up at first and didn't get, you know, necessary uh, speed that he usually gets, uh, the speed that he showed in Houston the first game where he's just low flying and getting the, th- what, the 30 seconds per feet, as Sean likes to talk about, and he's got the burst, and I think one of his only, what, bolts. two bolts of this year. So that's what we saw today from Tim Anderson. It's, it's admirable of him to come in as a veteran, after another person gets hurt, this is the second time he's had like an off day scheduled, and then he had to come into that game and play a, a good portion of it. So it's uh, admirable for him to do it and to actually contribute to a victory today. So that's all I had about T.A. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just another spot, too, where he's supposed to get a day off and he's he's forced in due to injury. Uh, I think this is the second time this year, um, or at least the first time was an injury. It was, it was just, just a pinch hitting late, pinch hit. which is um, very weird for a veteran to get into a game after they've been told to get an off date, which I kind of like, uh, Pedro, if n- not being, uh, you know, fake and such and saying, hey, get your, get your off date and we're never playing you. It was like the game was hanging in the balance, even though Tim didn't do anything that day. I liked Pedro's well, uh, he heard plan him right that there. Day. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, that it's just tough because, you know, I, I don't know. It just seems like the rest is important to Tim. Um, and it's just, you know, two days that get interrupted. Um, Kind of in the same lines, I don't know if this player was brought up, but we see Vaughn get an, an off day today. Um, all throughout April, had a 792 OPS through the month of May, uh, 626 OPS. Uh, he's been able to still drive in runs, but Saturday was a, a tough go for him. Uh, I, I don't know if there was talk about just him needing a day off or being one of those players that have kind of had a, a larger role so far this year. Well, I would just refer to Pedro's answer about T.A. basically was that, you know, him saying we we don't really put our best, best players, you know, we wouldn't put guys who are capable of doing what they're doing uh, down because they are struggling. And I would imagine that that applies to Andrew Vaughn the same way it applies to Tim Anderson. Uh, the difference obviously being, and again, no slight to Romy Gonzalez who had a three-hit day today, but the difference obviously being that you can replace Andrew Vaughn at first base with Gavin Sheets, a guy who's been part of this, uh, you know, kind of offensive um, surge, if you want to call it that, of late. You know, uh, you know, you've got guys that you can plug there at first base. Shortstop, the depth chart isn't necessarily uh, full of guys whose bats you are comfortable with getting in the lineup. I would imagine that uh, it's easier to go ahead and say, hey, if Andrew Vaughn needs a day to physically recover, no problem because we've got Gavin Sheets right there. It's not like, uh, you know, they're necessarily leaning too much on Vaughn to to be productive because of what's behind him at that position. Absolutely. And two, I mean, it's a a position that once Aloy Jimenez comes back and it might be a, a, a position of competition because uh, Jake Berger's got a hot bat. Kevin Sheets has a hot bat. Andrew Vaughn uh, is, is a highly touted prospect or, or was, uh, you know, formerly top three pick. So um, that's going to be an interesting position to watch with the White Sox uh, going forward. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Michael Kopech's fantastic start on Friday. Um, maybe Lenin Sosa too, to the rescue with Hanser Alberto going down uh uh, Lenin Sosa in the uh, seven games in Charlotte since going down there. Uh, four homers, uh, cool 273 batting average, uh, 636 slugging percentage, and 909 OPS. So uh, uh, maybe Lenin Sosa doesn't like being down in Charlotte. So, uh, you know, again, it does feel like the White Sox have the depth has been all right this year. 
at least hitting-wise. Yeah, people have come up and done their jobs. I mean, the lineup today was filled with people who weren't supposed to be starters for this White Sox team on opening day, and they come through. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Uh, I got distracted. I was trying to throw it to break, and then just, I got it. Yeah, whatever. Uh, we t- watched today's game on Fubo TV. 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device and watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. And you can start watching immediately with the seven-day free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. My favorite part is the 1,000 hours of cloud DVR that's included at no extra charge. And with the PGA Championship finishing up, the French Open starting up soon, the WNBA with CHGO Sky coverage. Yep. Um, the NHL draft, where the Blackhawks will soon select uh, a player that I guess we can't say will be a Blackhawk, but there's a, there's a jersey literally right there with his name on it. So they can't. Oh, they can't. For uh, some Bedard. reason, um, they can't tamper with as the number one pick. Ugh, yeah, that's I mean, dumb. I mean, the NFL they used to know the literally number right? one pick. The NFL they used to sign the guy like yeah. before the draft even started. Um, they're on the clock. Yeah, I mean, what's the issue? Uh, they should already just turn the card in. Right, it's like. We're not changing. <laughs> we know. Um, you can also watch the NHL and NBA playoffs finish up, and the watch, you watch the White Sox on NBC Sports Chicago with Fubo TV. So use the link in the description below to sign up for fifteen percent off your first month of Fubo Pro, or click or uh, go to fubo fubo tv dot com uh, slash chgo. Mercy, uh, Herb, what do you got in your head? That's some great, great shady rays. Polarized shady oh, rays. Optical clarity, all of it. <laughs> Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they tell us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. They have your back uh, at least up to 30 days, too. Uh, if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Again, ShadyRays.com slash or shadyrays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus polarized shades. Um, Vinny, new face, Clint Frazier. Um, and Vinny, or, uh, and Joey shared a, a lot of Y's uh, and a lot of IE's uh, with the names. Uh, Joey shared the fact that Clint Frazier used to be Jackson Frazier. So, uh, I don't know if you, if you knew that one. But uh, new face in the White Sox clubhouse, uh, Clint Frazier. Uh, what do we expect from him? I, I know that there's, you know, a little excitement because he is a former first-rounder. Uh, and Joey said he didn't, really didn't give a fair, fair shot with the Cubs. So, I don't know if Clint's uh, ready for this major league opportunity. Yeah, I mean, he. I don't know how often he's going to be out there. He started today, which was, you know, something. Um, but uh, listen, a guy who was killing it down in, down in the minor leagues, not very much in terms of sample size, right? Only 16 games down there, but the numbers were, were big. Uh, and, and I think the idea is that, like you said, this guy is a former uh, lauded prospect, a guy who's long been viewed as having an awful lot of potential. He uh, said he went to work this offseason with the guy who's currently uh, the Rangers hitting coach and, uh, and, and kind of made some changes and made some mindset changes. 
uh, as well as some mechanical ones. Uh, but basically, it's he's trying to keep it simple. He had a great quote today saying that uh, in trying to keep it simple, he's looking at the game as, quote, glorified wiffle ball, which I think was pretty fun, that maybe Major League Baseball wants to change its name to glorified wiffle ball. That would be interesting. But um yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, again, kind of just another guy in the mix here. Uh, while some other folks are, are, are coming back off the D or off the IL, you saw Aloy Jimenez. Uh, you know, is still in his recovery from the appendectomy. So while there's opportunity to be had uh, here, the White Sox are, are trying out a number of guys, and, and maybe some of them will stick. Uh, I'm not quite sure anybody expected, for example, Adam Hazley to be around as long as he has, and yet here he is getting getting a shot to to be a. Uh, you know, a, a part-time contributor, a role player of sorts on, on a team. So um, that's going to be the, the, the way with Clint Frazier, and we'll see if that uh, exactly what that opportunity turns into. Do you think that there's still an opportunity for somebody to win this right field job? Because I know right now I guess we would say it's Gavin Sheets, but, mm-hmm. I mean, he's been flexed to first base. Aloy Jimenez is obviously going to come off the I.L. at some point, and Pedro's talked about his uh, wanting to have Aloy out in the outfield. Um I mean, will we ever have a kind of right fielder, like a solidified right fielder for this team, or do you think it will kind of be a floating position? I think as of right now, the ideal way that it would work for the White Sox, because ideal means that Jake Berger keeps doing what Jake Berger's been doing, uh, the ideal way it would work for the White Sox is that you'd probably see Aloy Jimenez and Gavin Sheets split time out there. Um, Aloy Jimenez is obviously not going to ever – be benched right he's not going to be a platoon bat so to speak um but he might be part of a platoon in the field in right field uh pedro again talking before the game today saying that when aloy comes back he's going to be expected to play a good deal of right field not on an everyday basis but enough that the white Sox can kind of squeeze as much uh offensive firepower into their lineup as they can Gavin Sheets has been really good, consistent. Jake Berger obviously has been awesome when he's been out there uh, playing. So, Yoan Moncada is not going anywhere at third base either. So, Jake Berger's opportunity would seem to be uh, at, at at DH. And so, uh, we'll see how it all works out, how it all balances out. But Aloy Jimenez is going to play. Uh, it sounds like a good deal of right field when he comes back off the IL. Um, whether you want to call him your everyday right fielder, uh, you can try, but I don't think he's going to be out there every day. Um, Gavin Sheets is going to see time out there too because he deserves it because his bat has been good enough to deserve it. So, And then you got Oscar Colas kind of kicking ass down at AAA also. So, um, you know, this is one of those, what, what Rick Hahn likes to always refer to as the good problems to have, uh, but we're going to see how they can solve that puzzle, on a, and it's going to be a daily one once Aloy comes back. Speaking of Lloyd, did they give an update? I know he's feeling much better and thinks that he's going to be on the field closer to the four than the six weeks uh, of the initial prognosis. Uh, any update from Pedro or Lloyd himself today before the game? Uh, not in terms of a timeline, no. Uh, it, it sounds like Aloy will need a rehab assignment and maybe even one that lasts a little longer just because of what I just mentioned, the expectation that he's going to need to play in the field. So it's not just going to be about getting his timing back with the bat, but uh, being able to get his you know, know-how down out there in right field too. So uh, there's going to be that, but apparently he's running well. What we hear from Pedro is that if there is a silver lining to getting you know part of your body ripped out of it uh it's that uh the recovery time from that has allowed Aloy to also dedicate some time to recovering his legs he was not 100 percent when he came back from that hamstring injury as we all clearly saw when he was running the bases um apparently he is 
progressed leaps and bounds in that department, uh, according to Pedro Gafol. So uh, if he's not only going to be able to hit, but he's going to be able to run and he's going to be able to field that the White Sox will see as a very good thing, even though being without him for all this time was a very bad thing. Absolutely. Um, now, we will see Michael Kopech pitch in the upcoming series against the Guardians. Uh, he'll be having the closing game against the Guardians at 12-10. Uh, Kopech versus Cal Quantrill. Dylan Cease versus Logan Allen, one of the uh, many Logan Allens that have been on the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, they'll go up on Tuesday, and then we, we still got TBD uh, on Monday for the Sox going up against Hunter Gaddis. But Kopech was brilliant on Friday. I know, obviously, uh, you mentioned you were out in the Burbs uh, at a party, and Jared was covering uh, the, the the game on Friday, and he did write an article, so check out allchgo.com uh, for Jared's piece uh, for his weekend coverage. And then also Vinny has a piece coming up uh, later tonight, so make sure you check out allchgo.com for that. But, Joey, if we can go to the uh, graphics I sent you about Michael Kopech. Um, he was brilliant. Herb, you were texting me. Uh, were you at a wedding texting me? On, fr- on Friday, I was not. On Saturday I was. Oh, okay. I thought you were at a wedding watching, watching Michael Kopech no. uh, dominate the Royals. Uh, this is kind of what everyone's been waiting for from Kopech. Uh, 98 pitches from Kopech. Uh, goes eight innings. Uh, Grafalt did say that if he had a no-hitter, he would be leaving him in. Uh, oh, you can go back to that, Joey. Sorry. Um, but 69 fastballs, 15 sliders, uh, 7 change-ups, 7 curveballs. Um, and you could just see the velocity was up on all of his pitches. Um, throwing 69 fastballs and being up a, a mile per hour is is great for Kopech. Um, and that's the thing that's tough about the starter conversation. Like, that's what's on Michael – or not Michael Kopech, but Ethan Katz. is like, you have to turn this guy into a starter because – I mean, being able to throw 70 fastballs, having eight dominant innings, you can go to the next uh, uh, page, Joe. Um, Like, it's just all about defining those Mm. breaking ball pitches for him. I mean, 69 fastballs, and I know, again, it is the (laughs) um, uh, Royals here, but 31 swings, 15 whiffs. They hit the ball hard. The Royals are not a a bad hitting team necessarily. So, yes, it is against the Royals, but the Royals aren't like, oh, man, the Royals suck. That's foolish. Yes. I mean, 15 whiffs on 31 swings, 14 called strikes plus whiffs. Uh, I mean, a a great performance from Michael Kopech, extremely dominant, and he did it with basically one pitch. Um, I don't know how, you know, how much he can actually build off of this, but it is exciting to see an outing like that from Michael Kopech because you can just see that the length is there. And we saw starts like that from the Yankees last year. Um, there, there have been moments where that starter is in there, and it'd be really odd for the, the White Sox to abandon that project. And I know it's, it's mostly a joke when people are saying that. Yeah. But still, like, it's I- not – they need him. A hundred percent, because you see this is the top of Michael Kopech's potential right here. We see this uh, in drips and drabs, and mostly we see the guy who's given up six walks, the guy who's given up multiple home runs in multiple games, the four home run games in multiple games. But this is what everybody envisioned Michael Kopech to be, and I can't eschew the extra day of rest that he got when – they switched over him and Dylan Cease. I think it worked for both people. I think we talked on that Thursday, uh, Vinny, where it's like, yeah, Dylan Cease is good today, and he had a quality start there, but I think this will work out for the team in the long run because now you got Michael Kopech on track. His next start will be on only four days rest, a regular day's rest, so I don't you know, know if I'm going to get the same exact Michael Kopech versus Cleveland on Wednesday, but it's a good way to just see that Michael Kopech sees like, hey, this is pitching. Eight innings can be my, my, my ceiling, 
I can have seven innings each time out. That could be my median right there. And I can limit the walks, which I was the most surprised with. Ten strikeouts, excellent. No walks is where Michael Kopech needs to live at. And he did some excellent pitching on Friday. I just wanted to commend him because we didn't have a show on Friday. I mean, it was basically perfect. Uh, I mean, obviously, it was almost literally perfect in that he almost threw a perfect game. But from a Michael Kopech standpoint, that is the perfect outing you could possibly wish for, especially given the struggles that he has had this year when it comes to, as you mentioned, Herb, putting guys on base, not being able to keep the ball in the ballpark. That is textbook right there. Do that Do that every time is an easy thing to say. Obviously, uh, it's not as easy to do. Um, but we always also talk about momentum and being able to as to use a basketball term, see the ball go through the hoop and, and be able to see, hey, all right, I can do it. Let's go. We'll do it again the next time out. Um, this was the Kansas City Royals. You can compliment them all you want, Herb. They're still one of the worst teams in baseball from a record standpoint. But listen, they're on the schedule. So uh, you go out and have that game. That is a big boost to Michael Kopech. Uh, I definitely think that they can. that's something you can build off of. It's just consistency and it's always been consistency and it's always consistency with every player on the roster um michael kopech is one of those guys who has struggled to achieve consistency really um unless we're I mean, you probably have to go all the way back to 2020 when he was pitching out of the out of the bullpen or was that 21 21 when he was pitching out of the bullpen to find a consistent guy you know they were plugging him in there and all those double header starts and you were getting pretty much the same thing from every time and it was good now, fast forward to now, consistency has not been anywhere to be found for him this year. If he can turn this into the springboard to find that consistency, doesn't have to be that. doesn't have to be a per- damn near perfect game every time out, but just the consistency of a good start. You know what you're doing. You know how to work. You know what's working. That would be a huge, huge thing for the White Sox. Well, in the White Sox, too, like – the offense, we've been seeing more home runs. I think they're nearly tied for or nearly top 10 in May uh, with home runs just uh, as a team. Um, and you look at their bullpen in the month of May, uh, they have an ERA under three. Yes, the White Sox bullpen has a, under a three, under a sub three ERA in the month of May. So, uh, you know, they're finding some consistency, which is which is good. Um, you know, we, we did know the schedule would open up a little bit. Um, but having a series like this after you just lost to the same Royals team, you know, three out of four games, you know, this is this is a, a really great sign. Hopefully they could build off of it and uh, we will have uh, shows tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday for you uh, recapping the White Sox and Guardians game. Now, I, I think we have a pregame tomorrow, too. We, had, we do. I was just double checking. Really? Uh, yeah. Pregame at 430 and then we got uh, like around an 8 p.m. 745 postgame uh, and then we got a postgame on Tuesday and we got a postgame on Wednesday. So we'll see if the White Sox can possibly jump the Guardians in the standings. I know they'd have to have a really great season or a really great series, but, uh, you know, hey, we, we said 20 and 9, or at least I did, uh, for the month of May for these White Sox. So Still we'll possible. see if, if they could turn it around. They'll they just need to get, stay. Only lose one more game. Red hot. <laughs> so, I mean, what? There's we won't be mad. Eight, ten more games left? Damn. Nine and one? It's going to be tough. <laughs> They'll probably leave the division if they go nine and I one. I mean, it's Cleveland, Detroit, <laughs> and, and the Anaheim Angels, or LA Angels. So 
not world beaters, so you can do it theoretically. Yeah, they just need to have uh, two more sweeps, which is which is totally capable. <laughs> uh, they're capable of doing. Uh, anyways, uh, we'll wrap up the show. We'll talk to you tomorrow too at four thirty for the pregame show. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And like you said earlier, uh, he will be having a post up later today at allchgo.com. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckernwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Thank you to Joey Spathis for uh, promote, pr- producing the show. Not promoting. Producing the show today. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can Happy birthday, Twitter, Steven. At Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Yes. Yeah, sh- sh- shout out to our guy, Steven Nicholas, uh, who's, I think, enjoying golf, golf in Arizona, right? So uh, Yes. Hopefully he's enjoying that with a nice rental car. I know he's all worried about uh, getting the, the best rental car out there. So uh, shout out to Steven Nicholas and shout out to everyone watching. Make sure you hit that like button on the way out. We will see you tomorrow for more White Sox baseball at 430.